What did it do, Elevate? Ote, Ote. I had a beat for this. I can't find the beat. I was going to rehearse and everything, not have this in front of me, but God can't wait. With that in mind, I got this. It's a Jay-Z song, but I turned Jay-Z into praising. You smell me? Yes. So let's get on with it. All right. With no further ado. Good Lord, you saving them. How you gave them that. Inspired Bible papers told them put your faith in that. Endure testing like Paul in the book of Acts. Suffer for them now. Glory in them later. Confess a couple sins. Hope he is your savior. I show you how to do this, son. This particular man be a one of one. That means none before him, none to come. The homie that believe him be the only one that see him. I show you how to do this, son. You ain't heard he been the worst since Genesis. You can't sue him. He has too many witnesses. I show you how to do this, son. He gave his life, so save him the petty drama. He shines brighter than your ice, like the sun to a flashlight. He get it crapping, subtracting all you Allah's, Christians, and phony gods, leaving your ego flattened. But you know we love you, though. Lights on, showtime. Christ know your mind, but will you know when it's your time? I show you how to do this, son. The check writer that bought up his believers. Fed us with his blood, but gave the coin to Caesar. He paid his taxes, miracles under the mattress. Rome's turned to ashes, but Christ is a classic. I'll show you how to do this, son. How you want it, the hairs on your head are numbered. Gentile or Hebrew, dude, he can see you anytime. That's a fact. Sin, sickness, and sorrows on his back. I'll show you how to do this, son. Look. Lose the hate, cursing and dirty pictures. Go to church and get your Christian fellowship up. Or read the Bible and read it for all it's worth. Basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> all right. It's not over. Am I teaching man the value of friendship? You don't want to be pregnant, 16 and desperate. And if he pulls out his hair and say it ain't fair, just grab your coach bag and get the F out of there. Yeah. I show you how to do this, hun. And if Santa didn't give you a PS3 this Christmas, it could be worse. Christ could have never been born, and you could have been cursed. Give it up for Jerry. You could have said heck. Get the heck out of there. That'd have been a, maybe that'd have worked. Okay, give it up for your boy one more time. All right, uh, we're going to the skit now. Okay, uh, I am no. Oh, Jidda's coming up. All right, give it up for your boy Jidda. You want him to come forward or you want him to chill? You're gonna testify. They asked me to give my testimony, so it's a beautiful thing, though. It's more than just, you know, you know me as Jitter the rapper, but it's more than just music. You know, we are all children of God, and it's a beautiful thing to know we are all loved the same and used in any way that we let him use us. So my testimony, um, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, wasn't necessarily a gangster. I hung around with them. I knew all about the life, never was into drugs, never saw the point of it, honestly, but um I was raised a Catholic, 
son going to church once a year, Christmas, pretty much. Um, my parents got divorced uh, at an early age, so I know all about divorce. At 10 years old, I found out that the man that raised me wasn't my biological father. Um, so I felt lied to. I felt hurt, and I had a deep, I had deep scars that only Christ could fix, but I didn't know that at the time. So up to my senior year in high school, I'm walking the Catholic life, which is basically living a secular life. To me, that's what I honestly see it as. So senior year of high school, I met this girl. She was a Christian. And I, to me at that time, I believed that Christianity and Catholicism were the same thing. I was uneducated. So um, she brought me and she invited me to her church. I went to her church and... I see people like we saw earlier today with their hands raised in the air, eyes closed, just seemed like they were in genuine love. And I'm just like, what is this? This was new to me. I was like, I thought I knew God. I thought God existed, you know, on Easter one day a year. And um, little did I know that God is 24-7, 365. So um, I asked her, what's the difference? Honestly, what's the difference between my once a year with there every Friday like you have here at Elevate, every Sunday? And she told me it's a relationship. It is a relationship with Christ. So I finally gave myself up. And that's the hardest thing to do in life is to give up. Your pride is to give up yourself. You have to die to self. And I gave my life to Christ. And I have never, ever been the same. My life from that point on now has purpose. I live my life every day for Christ. I follow as best as I can to follow in line with the will of God. And there's nothing like it. There is no peace, no anything like it in the world, like being in the will of God. And for those that know out there that, that God is perfect timing. God's timing is perfect. And that's it. God's timing is perfect. A lot of people don't know this. I'm going to share this with you guys. It's a little bit embarrassing. But a month before I got saved, I was planning with friends at school, senior year, on having a fivesome. Now, God's timing is perfect and he saved me from that so a couple months ago we had the purity ring ceremony i wear my purity ring proudly every day i will not take this off my wife will have to take this ring off of my finger so that's it i'm saved by the blood of jesus christ my testimony is that christ rules my stage name is j-i-t-a jesus is the answer and i want to leave you guys with that jesus is the answer all glory to god thank you the Lord. All right, we have a special treat tonight. One of our own is preaching. It is going to be Susie Q. So I all want you guys to stand up. Bless the Lord as Sue Ellen Rubio comes to preach. Come on, give it up for your girl. Come on, give it up. Is this your notes right here? No? All right, give it up for her one more time. All right, preach. So I want to tell you why I'm up here today, and um, I'm up here to preach to you guys and tell you what it means to connect, um, and
can I um, tell you what it means to uh, enter and spend time? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so see, I'm up here because Christ in me has changed me, okay? That, that what you just saw right now is what I used to be like before. Shy and, and no self-esteem, no confidence. And, and I was younger then, and I looked good then, and I still liked high school and grade school. It was like I couldn't, I couldn't look at anybody in the eyes. I couldn't have a conversation with an adult, like, looking at them. Now it's like, you know, it's not that I'm better than anybody, but I can look at anybody in the eyes. And just have confidence. So that is because of Christ in me. And today we will be reading the story of the woman at the well. And we will be talking about connect, mentoring, and sending. But before that, we're going to do the skit. doing here why are these people worshiping like, the wall they're, they're falling on their knees what is wrong with these oh, yeah there goes another one what is wrong with these people I don't got time for this man I gotta get out of here I, I want to worship the Lord I, I want to fight but my boyfriend keeps holding me back I want to give my all to him, but I'm scared that if I do, my boyfriend's going to get mad at me. And if he leaves me, I'm going to be all alone, and he's all I got. Man, she looks pretty good over there. Man, man. Oh, oh, I hope you see that. Let's call. What the heck is that? I, I need you, Lord. Am I letting these things, my sins, get in my way? Lord, God, I want to worship you so bad, but I just can't. My God, my Savior, my healer, my Redeemer, I worship you because you gave your life to me. We connected, a sinner falling short of your glory. Yet, yet you loved me so much, you died for me. What good would it have been if I gained the world and forfeit my soul? Yet you rescued me from myself and my selfish desires. No friendship, no boyfriend, no job, and no pride will become will come between me, me and my God.
Hello? Okay. Everybody get your Bibles. And we're going to look at the book of John and the woman at the well, starting at chapter 4. So like I was telling you guys earlier, the reason why I can stand here before you today is because of the time that I was able to connect to Jesus. Once I connected to Jesus, I was transformed. I became a new creation. And so we're going to look at um, what happens when God connects with us. And in this story, first there was a divine appointment. And it says, The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So we see that in this divine appointment, it was all planned out. Like it was already known by God beforehand what was going to happen. Um, Like Judah said, God's plan is perfect. So here is this woman who just happens to come to this well to draw water at this time of day when Jesus just so happens to have to go through their town. And because Jews don't associate with Samaritans, it was very unlikely for Jews to go through that village. So here comes Jesus, stops at the well where he gets tired. The woman comes, and his disciples happen to be gone. So now, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water from? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw. So here we see that Jesus speaks to this woman, you know, and she's, she just has all these questions. She's confused, but she's just, making all these excuses, like, why are you talking to me? Why would you ask me for some water? I'm a Samaritan, and you're a Jew. And Jesus, and she just keeps asking, you know, like, how can you give me this if if you don't have um, anything to draw water with? But Jesus says, you know, if you only knew me, if you only knew what I am capable of, and tonight, that's what God is saying to some of you. If you only knew who I was, 
you would change. You would connect with me, and you would start to change. You would become different. And so here Jesus reveals eternal life to her and reveals more of himself and what he is able to do. So then when God speaks, there's always a divine appointment. He will command us to do things, command us to leave things behind. He will reveal himself. He will expose our sins. He will rebuke us, discipline us, encourage us. He will cleanse us, restore us, bring order, and faith will come. And that happened in my life, and I know it happened in so many of your lives out there too, and that's why some of you are here. Some of us, though, on the other hand, the way that we've replied, that some of you have replied, is with disobedience. It's rebellious, it's selfishness, it's hate, because the Bible says that you will either love one and hate the other. So if you are not living your life for God, you are hating God, you are loving the sin that you're in and being disobedient and all that stuff, and you are holding on to your pride, you are making excuses and avoiding the truth and, and God being your answer, and you are just ignoring it. Or you would receive the faith and truth in God for who he is and be set free and operate in the faith that he gives you. So now the Bible says so that in order to connect with God, we must believe in him and confess he is our Lord and Savior, and that is how we are born again. So we must be born again in order to be able to connect to God. And Romans 10, 9, 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess. Okay. So, if I don't believe with my heart, I won't be justified. And if I don't confess with my mouth, I won't be saved. Okay. But if I do believe it in my heart that Jesus died for me, I will start to change for him. I will start to want to to live my life according to his will and start to become a new creation and I will have salvation. 1 John 3, 6 says, No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So if I say I've connected with God, but you guys don't see a change in me, and you still see that that girl with the low self-esteem, that girl that's trying to find her confidence in a man or in liquor or something, I haven't seen God. I haven't gotten to know him. I haven't connected with him. So I can't say that I am born again. I can't say I'm a Christian. I can't go out and teach others about God if I still don't know who he is. So I want tonight to be your divine appointment with God and And that's just a heavenly meeting. It's just something that God has planned beforehand for you. But you have to be willing to want to see him and to know him. Okay? So, in the story, after Jesus and the woman connect, um, verse 16, it starts off, he told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true, sir, the woman said. I can can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, 
Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speaks to you am he. So here, once they've connected and Jesus has gotten, they've gotten to, to just talk about who he is and stuff like that, now he just begins to expose what's in her life. He begins to expose what is out of order, the fact that she has had five husbands and the man that she is with now is not her husband, and he starts to teach her. It's, it's, she says, you know, you say this, but they say that, and what do we do? And Jesus says it's not about what other people say. It's not about what you do. It's about what God wants and the way God wants things. And in here, he's, they're, they're talking about worshiping, and God wants worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. So now that... She has um, connected. Um, she gets. She can uh, continue to get to know Christ and become this new creation. And so, in our lives, when God exposes what's out of hand, when we connect with Him, we start to become a new creation. But how do we reply? How will you reply if God is meeting with you right now and God is speaking to your heart? And telling you the way he wants things, this is the Bible. These are his words. These are not my words. So if God is telling you what he wants you to do and what he wants you to live and what he wants you to get out of your life, so we can reply with disobedience and just ignore it and rebel and with selfishness and hate again and excuses and avoid it. Or we can just be teachable and we can receive knowledge and wisdom and start to live free. So um, when we're being mentored and sins are exposed and God um, does not want us, in Romans 8a it says God does not want us to be controlled by the sinful nature because if we are controlled by the sinful nature, we can't please him. And in Galatians, it's just there's a list of all the sinful natures and it starts with, it says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. And then afterwards, it's just like um, descriptions of what those words mean. So it's wickedness, corruption, dishonesty, idolatry, hero worship, glorification, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. And I'm just going to skip over the descriptions. Bits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if this is what you're doing, if you're, if you're doing any of these things and you're living in this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you don't inherit the kingdom of God, what will you inherit? Hell. Okay. So it says... To describe all, all when we um, cast around the mic and we were saying, what are you willing to give up? I heard lust a lot from the guys. Okay, I'm not saying girls don't lust, 
but it's 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 just um what is going to keep us from God and we're not going to be able to please him so we have to put um the next scripture says in Colossians it says we must put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed um and then that's described as piggishness self-indulgence and selfishness which is idolatry because of these the wrath of God is coming you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger rage malice slander and filthy language from your lips do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices so now um it's okay so now we put to death all these things lust and impurity and for those of you who have already connected to Christ it's like you're saying well I don't I'm not having sex with my boyfriend no more or I'm not greedy and I know that you know not to miss church for work but it just says it's like we constantly continue to change and we must continue to rid ourselves of all things and such as anger and rage and filthy language second corinthians 5:17 says therefore if anyone is in christ he is new creation the old has gone and the new has come that means that if you still look like your old self once you said that you are already in christ and you still look like the world and then you are doing something wrong there's something else that needs to change something else that needs to be taken out of your life so that you can now let the new come in first john says no one who lives in him keeps on sinning no one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him so if we continue to sin we don't know him we won't see him So for those of you like the worship um when worship was going on in the skit and the guy was back here like why can't I just connect with you you know or the other guy is just saying um you know just looking at everybody worshiping and it's just like it's a joke to him you know but they won't be able to see him or know him because of this sin in their lives and they've just never connected So 2 Corinthians 3:17 says now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. So once we have connected Christ lives in us we become this new creation and the Lord desires us to be to worship in spirit and in truth. So once once we've once we are saved and we're born again and we're becoming this new creation we are free. There is no excuse to still be in in all of this sin. So then after after the after the woman begins to after Jesus begins to reveal himself to the woman and and just teach her about himself um she goes out and she just um left the jar of water that she was um filling up at the well She goes back to her town and says many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. 
that when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many were many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So now, once you've connected, once you've been taught, it's like you have this, this spirit in you, you have this, the Holy Spirit in you, and that's what's changing you. And it's just like you have a joy of going out and just telling others what God is doing in your life. And others have to be seeing what God is doing in your life, how he is changing you, and they're going to start asking. So this woman goes back and says, he told me everything I ever did, and I'm sure she said a lot of other stuff. You know, what do I say to you guys? You know, God, God took me out of my sin. God brought me to a new place. Now I can stand before you and just bring, uh, present to you the gospel. And, and so now the people in the village were like, now we no longer believe just because of what you said, just because of your testimony. But we believe for ourselves because we spent time with him. We heard the words for ourselves. So, um, so... Okay, so once um, we've been connected and mentored and we always continue to be mentored and to be taught and to grow and to change, and we receive this faith from God when we hear the word, and we must operate in it. And Jesus tells us in John 14, anyone who has faith in me will do whatever, will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So if anyone has faith, we will do what Jesus did. We will be able to see the sick healed. We will be able to see our family saved. We will be able to see the violence come out of our schools. And so the faith comes through hearing the message, and the message is heard from the word of Christ. So that's why when you guys are in my discipleship class or Pastor Joe's or Adolfo's or anybody's, we say, you know, it's read your Bible and pray because without that, there's nothing. You won't have the faith, and you'll just have, um, you'll just have, you'll just have the opposite. If you don't have faith, you'll just be filled up with the devil's lies and and um, and doubt. So then, um, John 28. Verse 18 through 20, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. So what does Jesus want us to do? Make disciples of all nations. And to teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So when I say, you know, let's not listen to secular music or let's not date somebody who's not saved or who doesn't know Christ, it's because that's what God has commanded us and that's what he wants us to teach. Okay? So Jude, um, verse 23 says, Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by, by corrupted flesh. So 
if you guys are sitting here today and you guys are learning about Jesus, but you're just letting your friends at school just walk around you like nothing, living in the sin, living in stuff that you know is going to take them to hell, but the Bible says to snatch them from the fire and save them. That means tell them about God. Hate what they are doing. Hate the music that they are listening to. Hate the people that they are hanging out with, the drug dealers. And then in James 5, 19 through 20, it says, My brothers, if one of you shall wander from the truth and someone should bring them back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way, will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. How can we just let our friends and families walk around us when we know that Jesus is our Savior, when we know that one day we will face judgment day and it will be heaven or hell for all of us? So we must go out and just preach and, and, and introduce people to Jesus and say, this is what he did in my life. This is how he changed me. This is the word, this is what I learned, and this is where I got my faith from. And now that will save people. Your testimony that people in that town wanted wanted Jesus to stay. They said they went to Jesus and said, stay with us. And then they got to, to spend time with him and hear the word for themselves. So how can we just let our friends and family walk around and we don't even say anything? It's like Pastor Joe said the other day to Juan when he was up here. He said, Juan. If we go to your school, are your, are your friends going to know that you believe in Jesus? You know, do you bring him up? Do you talk about him? Do you guys talk about Jesus? Do you guys talk about the fact that you are learning about him, that you are at least trying to change? Damn. So if we do that and we let God use us um, and... Turn a sinner from the errors that we will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Because somebody told me about Jesus, because somebody explained to me what it was to be a Christian, because somebody like my wonderful pastors, you know, took their time to, to teach me about God, to teach me how to live, to teach me what to stay away from, to, to discipline me how much time I should be spending with God, how much time I should not be doing other things like MySpace or, or talking to guys or stuff like that. So because of that, you know, <laughs> because they took the time to do that, they cover over a multitude of sins because who knows what else I could have done like Jitta because you – went to that church and you and your friend told you about Jesus, covered over a multitude of sins because after that five some, who knows what else could have happened. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. So today I want to know is where are you with God today, okay? So this is not easy to stand up here, you know, and I want to just thank Pastor Joe and Nancy for giving me this opportunity. You know, it's not it's not anything that I have to say. It's not about the things that I've been through. It's about what God has changed me. God has made me new. Who knows where I would be tonight if I wasn't here. If I didn't say, you know what, Jesus, this world has done nothing for me. I need you. You know, for Cindy, Cindy to say, you know, um, and you met with Jesus in her bedroom. It's like there has to come a point in your life where you just start to hate 
everything that is corrupted, where you just start to hate the sin, where you start to hate the violence that's in your schools, when you start to hate the fact that the only way that you can feel confident is through flirting with the guy, that the only way that you can find self-esteem is by putting yourself down or, or looking for it in another person. That's not the way. It's not the way. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's about us finding ourselves in him. It's about us becoming the person that he wants us to be. It's about living for the day when he comes back and not living for today. Okay? So just want to give the mic to my pastor. Amen. Amen. Oh, we are proud of Sue Ellen. We are proud of her. Give the Lord another hand clap for her. Amen. We are proud of Sue Ellen. Well, you can turn me down just a little bit, man. Well, before we um, close out in prayer, let's just think about what we learned. In the book of John, there was this woman, just minding her own business. Then Jesus comes begins to talk to her. She's had five husbands. She's had affairs. She's been immoral. But Jesus starts to tell this woman that at the well she's at, where she's getting water, that Jesus says, like how you get water here, I will give you water. But Jesus says the difference between the water you get here and the water he's going to give her, he says the difference is you never have to thirst again. That woman had to keep coming to the well every day for water. And Jesus was saying, when I give you water, you'll never thirst again. Then she gets awestruck. She's like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Who are you? And then Jesus starts to tell things about her. Jesus shows her that he's a prophet. This woman then becomes awestruck. And she knows that since she's a Samaritan and he's a Jew, it's kind of like, you know, how white people treated black people. She knows that the Jew hates the Samaritan, and she's like, why are you even here? If you're a prophet and you're a Jew, aren't you supposed to hate me? And Jesus says, no, that's not right. He says, God loves everybody, and it's not about where you live or how, uh, how you are culturally. It's about whether or not you worship God. And that's that principle right there. Jesus teaches that woman at the well, if you come to me, I'm going to give you everlasting water that never runs out. That's that's uh, symbolic of everlasting life. And then he says, then you are going to be a worshiper. And it doesn't matter if you're a Samaritan. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Latino, Asian. Whoever worships God, God is going to find you. And that's where that scripture comes in. It says God is seeking true worshipers, those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You all remember that? Isn't that verse 21? Look at your Bibles. What does 21 say? For, the, for God is looking for worshipers. What does 21 say? For what? Chapter 4, verse what? 21? What does 21 say? Okay, keep going. Amen. So that's verse 23, and it says, the true worshiper. Everybody say, the true worshiper. So the true worshiper is going to worship in what? Spirit and in what? Truth. And so that's what Sue Ellen was talking about. 
Now that woman gets so awestruck by Jesus that she runs back to her town and she tells all of her friends, you guys have got to come back and meet this guy. This guy treats us the same. He's not racist like the other Jews. He tells me about things I've done that nobody else would know. He promises me eternal life. Then he teaches me the way of God and it's all true and it blows me away. And she says to all of her friends, you guys have got to come with me and meet this man. And so because of that one Samaritan woman believing in Jesus and being taught by Jesus, her whole town comes out that day and becomes Christians, followers of Jesus. And that is exactly what Sue Ellen was talking about. And that's the vision of this church is connect. At first, this woman was like a lamp unplugged. No light was on because no electricity was flowing. But Jesus came to her and said, connect to God. Get the water of eternal life. And then, bam, she connects into God, and now she's saved. And now she's beginning to believe in God and have a relationship with God. Then what happens next? She's mentored. Everybody say mentor. Then Jesus begins to teach her, okay, you believe in me? You want to follow me? Well, you got to check how you're hanging out with all these dudes. You see, Jesus begins to teach her, and that's what Sue Ellen was saying. Hey, ladies, when you meet with Sue Ellen on Mondays, that's what she's going to talk to you about. She's going to talk to you about the things that are going on in your life. She's going to begin to start mentoring you so that you can learn to live like Jesus. And that's why she was paying compliments to my wife and I, because by God's grace, we've been able to do that with her. And that's how it keeps going. So that's mentoring. And then what's the next thing that happens? Everybody say send. Then that woman goes out and tells somebody else, hey, I've connected to Jesus. I've been changed by Jesus. Now, why don't you come connect to Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and let's do it with somebody else. Amen? I'm trying not to preach. <laughs> i got to sit down because that was her preaching, so I'm just kind of wrapping it up for her. So I'm going to sit back down. <laughs> you want me to preach it now? All right. So... That's the lesson tonight, and, and you had so many awesome scriptures. A lot of those touched my heart. She, she talked about what was the flesh, the things that Jesus is going to check you on. Now, now that you say, I'm a Christian, well, God's going to start mentoring. You're going to start getting checked on things. You're going to start getting checked on the music you listen to, the friends you hang out with. And let me just say this today. I am so glad today that almost all of these seats are filled right here, despite those that cause trouble. Because I want you to understand something. We are here to teach you about God first. Amen? And when we come to worship, we are here to worship God. Amen? Now, if you have a problem with that, that's okay. You can dismiss yourself and go home. And we already had an individual go home, and I'm glad y'all weren't even paying attention to that mess because I'm going to tell you something. You have a choice to make. Are you going to get with God? Or are you going to hang with your four buddies on the way to hell? You see, now I'm not here to threaten you with that. I'm just telling you the truth. That's just the way that it is. And I'm so glad that tonight I got to see it sitting back there and seeing it. And we love everybody that got disciplined. We love you. But I'm so glad today I got to see it because I'm understanding what's going on back here while I'm preaching. You got people talking to you. You got people passing gas. Oh, I just passed gas. <laughs> You got people that can't hold their pen in their hand. They got to drop it every five seconds and left. You got people that want to eat candy, go up and get snacks. But I'm so proud to see that the majority of you here are here to listen. And I want to tell you something. It, you know, 
I understand that you need to have respect for me as a pastor, and I appreciate that. But, that, but to me, to disrespect Sue Ellen would have been like even worse of a respect, disrespect. And I'll tell you why. Because she loves you. You know, you can at least say, well, pastor is the pastor. He has to do this. She doesn't have to do one darn thing for you guys. She doesn't have to come early. She works another job. She gives all of her time to this. And, and for you to sit for, for the type of person, like I'm saying, the majority did not. But to be a type of person that would just disrespect that disrespect her to me like you don't even belong in this youth group like like i will personally put you out because you have no respect for the things of god but you did respect it and my whole point is what did you see in sue ellen now think about what you saw tonight what made you sit there and be quiet what made you go through like the 20 scriptures she put up for you guys i was like wow we've talked to you pretty good like wow you got more scriptures than me you know well what made you want to sit and listen that hopefully it's because you're seeing somebody like yourself being changed. And now she's sharing with you, like that woman. I mean, today, dude, this is amazing. You have Sue Ellen, which is identical to that woman in the story. And like you are the Samaritan she's telling that story to. Jesus met her. There were things in her life that she was not proud of, things that she would be ashamed of. But Jesus loved her, and she became connected to God, and she's been getting mentored. She's worshiping the Lord, and she's asked us, she said, Pastor, can I share that message with the other students? And so now everyone look up here. Where are you with God today? Where are you? You know, where are you with God? Where are you? I mean, you just got to be honest with yourself. Have you connected to him yet? Okay, if you've connected to him, are you being mentored? Those of you that are being mentored, has it gotten to the place where it's changed you so much that not only do people see it, you tell it to them all the time. Like, you don't just wait for them to say, hey, why aren't you cursing anymore? Like, you're telling them, I don't curse anymore because I'm a Christian. Like, you just got to tell somebody because you're so changed. See, that's the message tonight. So let's all stand up together. We're not going to uh, elongate the service. I felt that she said everything that needed to be said. I just wanted to give you my thoughts on that. Let us dim the lights tonight and let's end in prayer. And then we're going to have a party. Amen. But let's get the opportunity now for those that need to pray, those that need to seek the Lord, to be able to do that. So let's bow our head and close our eyes tonight. And I want you to think about that message tonight. Connect, mentor, send. I was so proud of Sue Ellen for choosing to, uh, to, to preach on the vision of the church. Because that's what it's all about. She saw it so clearly there. So I want everyone just to close their eyes tonight. Bow their heads with me tonight. And I want you just to ask yourself this question. Have I connected to Jesus? Have I connected to the Lord? Amen. Someone hit this light up over the stage, please. Thank you. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Have I connected with Jesus? Like that woman at the well, she was just going about her business. And then all of a sudden, here came Jesus. You know why? Because it might have been an accident according to her mind. Like, oh, this, like, how did I run into this man today? But it was planned by Jesus. Jesus knew that that day that that woman would be sitting right where she was. And Jesus says, I'm going to go find her and talk to her. He knew all of her sins. 
He knew all of her imperfections, but he said, you know what? I'm still coming to meet this one. I love her. If you have not connected to Jesus with every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to tell you something. It's no accident you're here tonight. God brought you here. God brought you here so that you could meet Him. God brought you here so that you could hear the story about Him. Man, think about that. When that woman ran to her town and said, Hey, I've met Him. Now you guys come. Guess what? The people in that town could have said, Oh, you're crazy. I don't want to listen to you. I, I, don't, I haven't seen Him. I've never seen Jesus. I've never seen a prophet tell me about who I am. I've never been taught the things you were taught. I don't even believe you. You're crazy. I'm not leaving here. I'm not going out of my way. But you know what? They chose to believe. And tonight, here in the message, you can say, Hey, I don't see Jesus here. I don't believe that He spoke to Joe. I don't believe that He's speaking to to Ellen and the other leaders. You know what? You can say that. And guess what? You'll never meet Him. But those of you here that can have faith in God's Word and faith in, in, in the message that we're sharing with you, like Sue Ellen saying, hey, I used to be this way, but I've met the Lord and He's real, and that's why I'm preaching tonight. And you hear Jitta's testimony, hey, I used to be like this, but now I'm changed because I met Jesus. You see, now you have a choice. You can open up your heart and you can come to Him and He will show Himself to you tonight. But you got to want to get out from where you are. you got to follow that woman's lead. you got to follow the lead of Sue Ellen, myself, and the other Christians here. You've got to do what we did. You've got to come to Christ and let Him talk about who you are and tell, him how much, tell you how much He loves you. And you got to let Him change your life. Every head bowed, eyes closed. We're about ready to pray. I just want to get some of you ready. I want you to think about this. But what God is trying to do. You ever heard that old saying, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink? That illustration is so perfect right now. Jesus is offering you eternal water, and we can bring you to him. But if you don't want a drink of it, we can't make you, and neither will he. You've got to want God. You've got to want to open up your heart and trust him. You might say, Pastor, do you ever doubt? Do you ever, you ever have doubts? Sure, I have doubts. But you know what? He shows Himself real every day. Despite doubts, despite f- fears, you would say, Pastor, you ever sin? You ever, you ever mess up? You ever feel tempted to do things you used to do? Sometimes, yeah. But He shows me every day He's so much better than those things. I'm so happy I've connected to Him. If you have not connected to Him, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for those that need to connect to Your Son, Jesus, right now. I pray that they'll get rid of the fear. They'll get rid of the peer pressure, what their friends think about them. And I pray that tonight, God, they'll connect to you just like that woman. And, Lord, it doesn't matter how many sins they've committed. You still love them. It doesn't matter, Father God, if they're the only ones in their family that are really going to have a relationship with you. God, you will change their life right now. If they come to you, I pray they have the courage to in Jesus' name.